it's scary when you first start. It's so scary to be like, I spent $50 on ads, $50 this week on ads. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, it's so terrifying. So that's why I do so much testing. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums write. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Digital ads are a superpower for indie authors. Something that I'm embarrassed to say I totally neglected when I launched my own book a few years ago. Mom authors I have met fall into two camps so far. Those that love Facebook ads and those that love Amazon ads. Last week's episode with Sedona Ash talks about why she loves Facebook ads and how impactful they've been for her author business. So if you've missed that one, go back and give it a listen. Here to represent the Amazon camp today is Christy Labour. Christy is a mom, furniture refinisher, and yarn maker who just recently started dabbling into the author world, writing an astonishing five books in the historical romance genre in a period of just a few months. Despite being a relative newcomer to the business, she's had some pretty amazing success generating sales on her books through Amazon ads and also BookBub. In today's show, hear Christie's approach to leveraging these two powerful book ad tools to generate thousands of dollars in book sales, including tips and resources you can apply to do the same. Please welcome Christy Labour slash Christiane Granger. Thank you, Christy, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited too. What's, so what's happening for you right now? What's 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 hot on your plate? So today I started, and actually I think it'll be fun to track this because this is something I want to talk about. Today I started my second book club feature deal. So at midnight, my book club feature deal started for book two and it's midnight Pacific time. So it's been um, 12 hours now, no, nine and a half hours now. I have already had 6,041 downloads today for book two. What? I want to talk about the book club feature deal because I'm a little obsessed with it. (laughs) And we know how you feel about your obsessions, okay. So I'm going to write that down, 6041. So we'll look at it again right at the end of the podcast and see in this 40 minutes how many downloads we get because I'm really weird about it. I will be refreshing this every two minutes for the next five days. Like, I am obsessed. So my first BookBub feature deal, um, I am very new. I'm just figuring everything out. I started writing last February. Nice. Like I read like a hundred books in December and January. I'm like, I bet I could write a book. And so I just wrote some books. I wrote five books and published them. I just wrote five books. I just, I just wrote five books. <laughs> well, so because I talk about the ADHD a lot, 
Like I couldn't publish book one until I had finished writing book five, because there's a very good chance I would write four and a half books and then become obsessed with pottery, which okay. was what I, what I was binge watching last night on YouTube was like, if I could make my own dishes because I want to make my own plates. So that's a very real thing that I can get 95% through a project and then not finish it. So I didn't publish book one until book one or five was finished. And right now I'm like working my way through book six through 10. So Whoa, it's all in the same series. Yeah. Books one through five was like a series and I didn't do any research before I started. So the books are all tied together. So you really do need to read all five. Like I wanted them to be standalone, but they're not. So... <laughs> Um, I think you can probably start anywhere in the series, but it's just best if it's consumed in order. Mm. Um, so I'm doing the same with six through 10. They, they'll be tied together and they're using the same cast of characters as the first series. But um, I'm not doing like a giant story arch in, in the next set of books. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> that was too complicated. <laughs> What was the lesson that you learned? I'm fascinated because I've never written a series. It seems really complicated. By doing five books at once, though, was really fun because I didn't know what was happening. I didn't plan it or plot it or figure anything out. I just started writing books. I actually started writing. I got like, I don't know, maybe 20,000 words in. And I'm like, this is book two. So I was like, all right, I'll just go. And so I just put it aside and I wrote book one and then I picked it back up and I'm like, all right, now it's five books. And I just wrote them. Wow. So my, my first drafts took two weeks each for the first four, but book five took forever to write. Well, I'm saying forever. It was a couple of months. It really wasn't forever, but it felt like forever because I couldn't end it. It just kept getting more and more convoluted. Like I was adding characters at the end of book five and I, it was just totally bizarre. And then my friend is like, you know, you could just like not do all that. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then book five was easy to finish because I took all of the nonsense out. Like I just simplified it. And then I'm like, oh, that's much better. <laughs> So I am, um, but I like writing like that because I'd get through book five and then I would go back to book one. And so while I'm writing in book one, certain characters are repeated through the whole series. All of the men are through the whole series. So I could be like, oh, I, but their characters developed as I went. So I could make them more real in book one because I know how they are in their book. So like, right. Book one, the main characters, Jenny and Caleb. Book two is Sarah and Kane. But in book one, Kane is in that book. So by writing his whole book, I, when I got back to it, I could make him a stronger character, like still side character, but he's more him. Mm. And so then like by the time I've gone through all five books and I've gone back to the beginning, when I'm writing through it again, I can add little things. Also, book four has like all the spoilers, like shit I didn't know in the beginning. So when I came back to the beginning, I'm like, oh, I can like add these little hints or I can make this stronger or I can like 
foreshadow a little bit the stuff that I didn't know was coming when yeah. I yeah so that was yeah. kind of fun. yeah it, I could see like I would want to be able to do that write them all and then you understand and then you can go back and like plant the little pebbles or breadcrumbs as they say to yeah. lead up to where you now know where it's going so you you wrote all five which is I, I, I still that's so many books I can't believe you wrote them so quickly um but what did you do next I so I I wrote the first drafts and and I was sending them to friends for feedback as I was writing and so like um one person would say your guys are a little feminine so then I researched how to write stronger male characters how to write stronger female characters how to write better sex scenes how to write better fight scenes but like I it's the ADHD you know so I like absorbed so much information I started a publishing company I learned about ads I spent a fortune on the Mark Dawson ad course so I shouldn't say a fortune but it's a lot of money and I am very cheap but I learned so much like I I think that and I did a payment plan so it's 75 bucks a month which isn't that bad considering he has made me so much money oh so, wow is this the self-publishing 101 or the one just on ads no it's just the ads one so I started watching the Facebook ads one because I tried Facebook ads and had no luck at all so I focus on I have to focus on one thing at a time usually so like right now i'm all amazon exclusive so i'm in kdp um what is it called K kindle unlimited so i have to only learn one thing mm. and then maybe later i'll go wide and i'll learn the rest of it but there's just too much mm. so that's really smart i like that so but i'm having so much luck with kindle unlimited like I make 85% of my money in Kindle Unlimited. Wow. 85% yeah. of your revenue for your book sales? Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it only in KDP? Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can still sell. So in Kindle Unlimited, you have the Kindle Unlimited page reads and you have the ebook sales. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So the Kindle Unlimited and then like the Amazon, which we normally think about. Oh, okay, so 70 or 85% of your sales are from the Kindle Unlimited part of like the Amazon empire. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, but so with the, um, what's this called? The BookBub feature deal that I'm obsessed yeah. over right now. So the first time I got it was last month. Um, it started on the 1st of April and over the month I made 11,600 something dollars. What? And I wow. off all of my other ads just to see how that was going. Mm. And I have to figure everything out. I'm an experimenter. Even if it hurts me next time, I'll have that information. So I don't care. Yeah. Um, nice. So I had turned off all my ads in the middle of last month, and I ended up with $11,600 something. My biggest month before that was in February when I made $4,000, and $2,000 was ad spend. So I'm like, okay, so, but in February when I made $4,000 with $2,000 ad spend, I'm like, 
what would happen if I turned my ads off? Mm. So in March, I only made $2,000 and 1,000 was ad spent. So I'm like, okay, half of my money is going to go to ads. Got it. So I turned it back mm. at the beginning of April, but then I'm like, let's turn those off again and see. So I, after my book bump feature deal ended, I immediately started submitting my second book for a feature deal. And I only got rejected twice, which is really good. And so they approved me and it starts today. So it's like, okay, I'm going to keep all of the ads off and to just run the entire month of May with no ads and see how that book bub feature deal does. So that's what I'm doing. This is my experiment this month. Okay, so the first time you did the book bub feature deal, you it generated 11,000 in in sales, but and how much does the book bub feature deal cost? $371. What? Yeah. I know. It's so crazy. So People get like, I am like out here telling everybody, submit your freaking books for this book bub feature deal. And because I have a series, it helps. So I think that this mm. series makes a difference. And this is my only backlist is this series. Mm. This is all I've got. Mm. More books, more money you're going to make. But um, I did, my book bub feature deal was to give book one away for free. That was my deal. Book one for free. And that made me $11,000. So this month I'm giving book two away for free. Mm. And as soon as my book bub feature deal ends, I will start submitting book three for a book bub feature deal. Right. Hopefully I'll get another one real quick because I got really lucky that these two came so quickly, but I'm going to keep submitting these. And then once I put the whole series through, I'm going to try to put the box set up for a three ninety nine feature deal. I don't know if I'll get that or not, but that's, that's my plan is to just keep trying to get through. So what's happening is the people on the book bub are getting the book two free, for example, and then the sales are, cause then they say, Oh, I like this one. I'm going to go get the other ones. Is that right. basically the buyer's actions? Yeah. Yes. I was like texting my mom and like certain close friends and like, Oh my gosh, I made a thousand dollars. Like, Oh my God, I made $5,000. Like, you're never going to believe this. It was just like the whole month was just bizarre. Like, I can't even. Wow. And last time I had it figured out, because I was really worried about the book bump feature deal, because there's not really anybody that just broke down their information. All you hear is like, it's like the holy grail of advertising. If you get one, you're like, you know, angels sing and the sun shines on you. And <laughs> I, I actually broke it down into a spreadsheet with every day recorded for each mm. book. Because, so people who aren't sure how to feel about it, how to gauge your expectations or anything like that, mm. it, it's helpful. So I'm historical romance um, and uh, my covers aren't actually appropriate for my books exactly. They're very sweet. They're beautiful, uh. but they look sweet. They definitely don't say like, I'm killing people in these books and like there's sex on the page and my covers are like sweet <laughs> like, right so i get a lot of people who pick up the books and are like they're swearing in here what is that doing like bitch read the comments everybody's already said that <laughs> why'd you read this book 
That's so fine. you're saying maybe even if you if you got the covers changed to reflect the genre, like it could even go up higher, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. So I think that the book bub is worth it no matter what. So another thing people don't know is that mm. when you're rejected, it's because they can only like accept a small percentage of submissions. Right. Because you're actually rejected. They literally have this number of spaces and once it's filled, everybody else is rejected. So you just keep submitting. Oh, so yeah. I use my email. When I get the rejection email, I just follow it to BookBub and put it back in over and over. So that's how right. I do it. Wow. And it's one of those advertising sales things where you you know you see a, a thing so many times and then you buy it. Like somebody said something. Mark, you know what? It was um, Mark Dawson. Mark Dawson on his podcast said something about it's the seven touches or whatever. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. So most people will touch something seven times before they buy it. So if you, if they keep seeing your cover, eventually they're just going to pick it. I have a thing in my hair that's bugging me. Um, (laughs) Sorry. So that's, that was sort of my thing. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let them see my shit over and over and over and over again. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just submitting. So when you get the rejection email, just follow it right over to BookBub and resubmit and let them see your cover forever. And they'll pick it eventually. I only was rejected four times for book one. And that was just plain luck. And only two times for book two. And I'm thinking that's just because they're branded fairly well. So it looked familiar. Like that's my impression. I don't know if that's true. That's just what I think. So, but somebody else said, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Somebody else just said that they, um, they were rejected like 20 times and then got one. So. Oh, well, that's good to know the range. So yeah. And, and also different genres are more competitive than others. So like maybe they get a lot more like contemporary romance submissions than historical romance. So I would be rejected fewer times than somebody else. Mm, Yeah. And so you are, when you say the seven times, you mean like get it in front of the book bub reviewers seven times, and then they themselves are more likely to pick it up. Because yeah, I mean, I, that, that, right? I don't know if that's the truth or not, but that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is a good, um, a good insight because it's the same thing as readers, right? So, but what's we're all talking about humans, what humans do, um. And so if you're thinking about it in that way, like we all know you need to get your book in front of people seven times too. I think that's, so I I like the idea of applying that to BookBub. So don't feel bad. You just need to keep getting it in front of them and then eventually they'll pick it. That's amazing. And don't, don't take a rejection as a rejection because it's not. They fill their spaces and then everybody else is out. Yeah. Just, uh, just not this time. Right. Has nothing to do with your book. So that's amazing. What about, so what, what what have you learned about the Amazon ads landscape? Cause you, that's still something that you, you, you know, you, you told us like, it's a pretty good return on investment. Okay. So I actually love Amazon ads, but you have to be so patient. So like I tried Facebook ads and you put a budget and Facebook spends your budget. 
They're like, you want to do $5 a day? Boom, done. Amazon, you're like, I want to spend $100 a day on this ad. And they're like, 45 cents. <laughs> like, they build very slowly, but they target more carefully. So your ad is more likely to end up in front of people who will take action on it. Oh, so Amazon builds very slowly. So my ads are all off right now. They were up to something like $100 a day or something, something in that neighborhood. I don't know. I was spending a total of $100 a day on ads, but I had it set up so that each ad could spend $100 a day, which was, I think I had four or five. I think I had two ads going for book one and two ads going for my box set, but I, I change things and I test things. So one of the ads for book one might've been manual targeting and the other might have been um, automatic targeting. And for mm. my box set, I might've changed. I don't know what, I don't remember. So yeah, it, just try off now. But so now that I've turned them all off, I will have to start over to train those algorithms to recognize my ads. So on June 1st, if I'm not already scheduled for another book bub, I'll turn my Amazon ads back on and it will slowly grow throughout the month. So it won't just automatically spend my budget and I won't see an immediate return. Mm -hmm. I, but I know that now you have to just put it there and leave it alone for a couple of weeks and watch it. So mm -hmm. it, it's scary when you first start. It's so scary to be like, I spent $50 on ads like <laughs> this week, like $50 this week on ads. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, it's so terrifying. And I am super cheap. I'm like the cheapest person you ever saw. I don't want to spend any of my money on anything. So that's why I do so much testing because I'm like, it really does seem to come out to you spend a dollar to make $2. So half of my money goes to Amazon for ads. Mm -hmm. That seems to just be the way it's going to be. So I'm like, if I make a million dollars, I'm going to give half of that to Amazon. But I'm like, <laughs> I'd be okay with $500,000, you know, I'm like, I could do all right with that. That would not hurt me at all. So I'm kind of at the place where I'm like, and, and this is not my full-time job. I, I have a job, you know? So I'm like, this mm. is great. I never expected to make any money. I didn't think I would share my books. I, I started writing them and I have a friend named Jenny and a friend named Sarah, who my two first books are named after. And I was like, you guys read it. Like, I don't know if I can write a book. I've never, I'm 42 years old. I've never wrote a book before. So I just sent it to those two and, and they were like, oh, more, more, <laughs> keep going, keep it coming. And so I really only thought those two would read them. So when I published them, I was like, We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So that's, I this. that's amazing. I love that you also have a full-time job at the same time, because I think that one, like your story is so inspirational how you're breaking it down. I think it makes it very clear about like how to approach this 
you know, where to go for support? Because I know you, you're telling us like how it's working, but I'm sure there's lots of technical details that people could learn by that course that you mentioned. But for me, I feel like listeners might be thinking, yeah, but she wrote five books like WTF, who does that in three months? <laughs> but you have a job too. So I, I feel like that is a good, right? It's a good limiter. It was, I was at home with my kids because yeah. schools were closed and I was like, this is what I'm doing now. So I was, I didn't really have anything else I had to do while I was writing those books. So they went really fast, but, be, and so I talk about ADHD a lot because people do not understand how this works. I've been trying to write book six since November. Oh, okay. Okay. Books took two weeks to write. I've been working on book six since November. It's May. (laughs) So there is no kind of consistency. And like with the first set, I won't publish the second set until all five books are written. Mm. Um, I've done, I, I plotted these books. So I planned them out. I wrote crazy detailed character sketches and now I can't write the book (laughs) oh I'm I'm hoping that I can just like forget basically everything that I figured out and start just writing because that is what worked for me the first time but I also have plotted out an entire seven book Oregon Trail series that I haven't started writing but it's all there with character sketches and <clears throat> it's it's all detailed and organized and it's just part of the problem. Yeah, I'll that's probably, true. I'll probably just sit down and start writing something I've never thought of one day. And that might be the only way I can keep going. That's true. Yeah. Uh so you're saying like the ADHD is a gift because maybe you when you're into it, you're hyper focused. You mentioned you know, you get really obsessed with something. And so it has, it, it like drew you in and you just like pumped out those books. But now you're saying, but it also means that sometimes I just can't get started at all. Yeah. There's no consistency mm. whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it, if you get, it, I probably could have written 10 books last year. Like I probably should have just written 10 books last year mm. and then edited and published them this year. But um, once I switch, a tr- like switch tracks, mm. I can go back. Just, I can't just repeat a process like that. I have to like find ways to trick my brain backwards into, so right now I'm trying to like just read everything. So that's what I did. I read like a hundred books and then I just started writing. So now I'm just like devouring all of these like, historical western novels and hoping hoping that it will trigger the same reaction but there's there's just no guarantee and and if it turns out that i only write five books ever there's a lot of shit to do in my life you know what i mean like i literally was obsessed with pottery yesterday i paint furniture and i have chickens and there's a lot of other stuff that i can do so I, I don't really have like a, a fear of failure or a need that I have to do it. I want to. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. 
like writing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the creative process. I enjoy like soup to nuts. I love all of it. But if I don't write any more books, I got other stuff to do. You know, I'm it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I will eventually I'll cycle back to it. I'm also a knitting pattern designer and um, I, I am an indie yarn dyer. So I have a yarn business and I, yeah, like I, when I get involved in a project, I go from beginning to end. Like if you gave me a sheep, I could shear it and process it and dye it and spin it and design a sweater and then knit it up. Wow. So, that's amazing. And I, eat the, eat the sheep later. I would <laughs> Do you eat them, right? Do we eat sheep? I don't. I don't know if I want to eat a sheep. Oh, okay. And you must just just lambs, right? You can eat everything. I don't know. I don't want to. (laughs) That's amazing. So you, so you mentioned then you produced a massive amount during like it sounds like COVID lockdown when you had you know everything else was shut down. So do how do you find time now? So you because you also said that you have a a full-time job. Is the job one of those businesses? I paint furniture. Okay. You have a lot of another business. So it's another creative outlet and my boss is very cool and flexible. And, um, like today she gave me today off so I could have this meeting with you. And then I'm going to look at a house later and, um, I got some stuff going on. So she, she doesn't, uh, set my hours or anything like that we kind of come and go I right as many hours in a week as i can but um it's pretty flexible and easygoing and it's a very creative outlet so we mm. get old furniture and we restore it or we i don't like the word restore actually we refinish so we do a lot of painting and it's just fun it's right. a real fun job so yeah that and the kids and um I did roller derby until this year so I haven't gone back to roller derby but that was another thing um, of course you of course you you're doing roller derby <laughs> my, my roller derby name was whip for work in progress ah that's cute <laughs> so I um but I, I get involved in a lot of stuff I have a, mm. a gets free theater tickets so we go to the theater like every month like I have a lot of friend groups and moms that we we work together to swap our kids around. Um, I have only supportive people in my life. Mm. That has been really good. People will post in the group sometimes and say, like, how do you deal with when your family doesn't support you? Or And I'm like, I haven't had a single person say anything like mm. that, you know? So that's really a big difference. Like, I'm not working against people to make my dreams happen. Like every person around me has been like, you wrote a book. That's amazing. You're amazing. I want to read it. I want to share it with my friends. Even the people who didn't like the books were like, you're amazing. I can't believe you can do this. And so I have, I'm surrounded by that kind of positivity. I Mm. don't anybody I, nobody has told me I'm wasting my time. Not mm-hmm. one. So that is a big, a big, and everybody is used to me switching from one track to another. Like, yeah, 
you know, people are used to this from me. So the, the, I, there's a genius in it. And I know like you're, you're laughing about it because it is also totally hilarious, but that you're doing like you're dying and furniture painting and, and derbies. And, but I think that what I love is that you are fueling yourself creatively and you understand what you need as a creative person is that diversity and you're intentionally creating it in your life along with this flexibility because you know we we know that if you're like i have a traditional nine to five day job and and it really does when you're stuck in this you know rigid space it is really hard to eke out that time and so i think i just love that you've you know you're manifesting this life that is so conductive to your books and and you're and you're very self-aware too which i think is another a good insight for listeners right is is that you're saying you know what i i I was in the creative zone and i wrote a whole bunch of books i probably should have just stayed there and resisted that urge to like you know complete the process um because that was where my energy was but that's okay i'll know that for next time and so now I'm again, you know, you said you, you're reading all these books, which is also a really great way to fuel your creative energy and and then just giving it time. You're not putting pressure on yourself. Like, I think all of these things, they seem to come supernatural to you, but I think they are also great examples for other people who who might be getting stuck in, in something. Right. Even the friends you know, that you know, connection and friendship is another, you know, big creative energy, you know, fueler. So I think like, I think that's just really awesome how you're creating this space in your life that can be conductive to writing books. I appreciate that you got all of that out of what I said, because I can never be sure if I'm communicating clearly or not. Yeah. I think, and it's so natural and, you know, effortless for you, you know, just you're like, this is just how I live. And it's just like that natural creative space really that you're building, which I think can really be a good model for other people that they might just find themselves like I've, I've heard a lot of moms, um, like on my Facebook group talking about just feeling, um, creative burnout and block and, and here you are, you're not that way you're just recognizing like, yeah, I'm not producing tons of books right now, but I can see that I will, I know I will like just, and these are the things I'm doing right now to get there. You're not like miserable during it, you know? I can be, I, I don't necessarily think of it as like a creative block. It's like a creative shift. Mm -hmm. Like I I will cycle back. Like I haven't designed a pattern since a year ago, December. So it's been a, almost a year and a half since I've designed a knitting pattern, but I know I'll design more knitting patterns. Like I'll shift back mm-hmm. to knitting at some point. Um, all of my yarn customers know that I am a hot mess. So what I, I do is I will dye, I don't know, a couple hundred skeins of yarn when I feel like it. And then I'll say, I'm going to have a one day sale. And if you want yarn, buy it and pay for it. Or it could sit on my dining room table for six months. And that's the way I do it. And everybody knows that's the way I do it. Like literally one day sale, I sell, pack, ship it. It's out the door. If you didn't pay me that day, I might 
still be able to do it the next couple of days, maybe, but I literally might look at it for months and right. think, like, look at it and think, I really got to get that done. I just fucking can't. Like, <laughs> and that, like, I'm honest because I know that I'm like that. So, and I think one thing that I really think is important is that not to have that fear of failure or make everything a failure. Like, I think people set goals and then if they don't reach the goal, they're like, I failed. And I'm like, fuck it. It was my goal. Like, it's totally arbitrary. Like, I made that date. I don't have to meet it. Like, it's mine. So, like, if you can eliminate that, like, sense that you have to accomplish it mm. in this time frame that you made up yourself mm-hmm. that helps like to know you're writing a book but you know what you don't have to you don't have to and it's okay if you don't do it like you can start a book and not finish it and be like I'm doing something else now like like that was fun but that was last week and now I'm I'm into pottery <laughs> I just think it's okay to shift your focus to something Mm -hmm. else, as long as it's something else that you're enjoying. And Mm -hmm. it does, it's frustrating. Like, it's super frustrating to me that I can't write a book right now. Like, that I can't Mm -hmm. just sit down and crank out 5,000 words today. And that's how it was. It was just like, boom, written, done, let's go. And and that, yeah, so my books were like 70 to 80,000 words. So not super long, but decent. That's good. yeah, in a couple of weeks, like, so now it's been months and I've written three chapters. I I do want to do it. It's frustrating that I can't, mm. but I'm not gonna like beat mm. myself up too much. I set my expectations with the understanding of who I actually am. You know? <laughs> well, I like that you're admitting to us, you know, that you're that you are you do have frustrating times because i think for myself when you said that you wrote those books so quickly i'm like oh my god it took me like 10 years to write my first book <laughs> i'm such i think it's a really good book though i don't know it's okay it's okay but um yeah so i think it's just like humanizing and i think that's what you know that what this podcast is about is is you know showcasing people like you that have had incredible success but you're also struggling with some of the same things that we all struggle with and it just you know your practice might look a little different but it doesn't mean you don't have struggles like you know all the rest of us i love this podcast i just started listening to podcasts uh-huh. because it's coming on this and i'm like i don't know i went to the girl i work with and i'm like can you show me how to <laughs> podcast thing can you she took my book she's like oh yeah it's this and she just showed me how to find you and I'm like because if I'm gonna go on there I should know what people say like how do people talk on podcasts I don't know so apparently they just talk like regular people that's what I well I, we did have that first British accent requirement but <laughs> oh you don't want to hear me fake that that wouldn't <sighs> do you want to see it? so let's check the um so it was oh, yeah. 641 when I started this podcast, and we're at seven thousand twenty-six right is now. That, is that are those those are downloads? Downloads mostly. <laughs> mostly they're free, but no. So since we started this, I have sold four box sets, six copies of book one, uh, eight copies of book two. Since then, we started talking, yeah. 
my god, that's more than my I ever saw. I don't know if you can see this on on your computer, but this is this month so far. <laughs> Literally zero sales, and now six thousand or seven thousand sixty one because of today. So. Yeah. Is 7,000, is that the download or is that your revenue? That's downloads. Okay. So 7,061 downloads today, but only 6,995 were. So 61 and 5, 66 are from the series today. 66 sales from the other books. Wow. 66 sales today. Yeah. Wow. Because you now have the BookBub feature deal going. And I usually only sell a few books a day. So uh, most of my stuff from comes from Kindle. So the other thing I want to so I'm I don't want to get on another tangent, but because my books are in KU, I'm doing this free book deal, right? But all of the people who read that free book in KU, instead of buying it for free, I'm going to get paid for those. So I'll still get paid for all of those page reads. Oh, really? So they might, they might see it on BookBub feature deal. And then they'll say, Oh, I'll just, I'll just go read that on on KU. Yeah. And I still get paid for that. Wow. Like anybody who downloads the book for free or buys the book for free, like, obviously I'm not going to get paid for that, but if they come and Mm. read KU, I still get paid for that. And last month just in KU page reads on that free book I think it would have paid for I actually could look well I'm not gonna open all my I literally did track every single piece of information um and I can send you the 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 thing if you want to look at it sure we could we could if you want to we could post it in the show notes if people want to take a look yeah it's weird to share your income but I need to see that information. So I think it's probably helpful for other people. Yeah, I agree. I think getting a frame of reference, it it kind of takes some of the fear out of it, right? Because then it gives you like, okay, I, I think I know a little bit of what to expect because most of us, like we're not marketers, we're not, um, you know, digital ad specialists. So you, you're coming at it from such a different, I mean, you you paint furniture and, and dye thousands of, urine spools. <laughs> so uh, I think that's really yeah useful. A- any of that information that we can give to people to say, this is what it might look like for you. It's not complicated. I, there, I did three charts. One tracks the orders for the month. One tracks the page reads for the month or for the week. And one tracks the um, money. And I right. did all five books and the box set. And then I put at the beginning, just um, the day before the ad started, so you could have a baseline to compare it to. Right. Would, would you ever have imagined like a year ago that you would be doing what you're doing now? No, no, I didn't think I was going to publish those books. I had no idea I could publish those books. Like, mm. I didn't even know self-publishing was a thing last year at this time. I yeah. didn't, I had no idea. And I made almost $2,000 last year. I published in my first one in June. So I'm coming up on my year uh, anniversary here. 
And so I published my first one in June and between June and the end of the year, I think I made 17 or $1,800. And then in January, I made $2,000 because the ads that I started in December finally started to work. Mm-hmm. So January, I made 2000 and then in February, it was four. And I was like, holy crap, let's turn these off and see what happens. So then in March, it was two. And then I got my book book deal. Wow. So it's really accelerating. Yeah. 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 So what's one piece of advice? I mean, you've already kind of given us some of advice. You just gave us some advice, but (laughs) is there anything else? Like one thing you would tell that version of you from a year ago? I, I think I would just tell myself to write all of the books that I'm going to write and then edit them later. Don't mm-hmm. stop at it just to get them published. I just got excited about the publishing idea. And yeah. Stopped. So I think that would just be like, if you're on a roll, just keep doing what you're doing. That's working. And then switch gears to editing after. Yeah. That's a good piece of advice. That's amazing. We've shared so much today. I can't even believe, <laughs> I feel like I've taken Mark Dawson's course. <laughs> you didn't go buy it. It's really good. So where can people catch up with you, Christy? Oh, man. You know what? Okay, so um, I have a Facebook author group, which I forget to post in. I have a mailing list, which I have not yet sent any mailing things on, and I'm not sure if it's active. I made a web page that I don't think works. I have a <laughs> that I'm not sure if it's set up. So I started all of the stuff they tell everybody you need to do. I just didn't finish any of it. So, And I don't know if I will. So my Facebook <laughs> so my I love it. author page, Chrissy Ann Granger. So my, my name is Christy Labor, but um, Granger is my maiden name. And Chrissy Ann is what my grandpa used to call me. So Christy Ann Granger is my author name. And um, if you follow me on the Facebook page, I usually remember to post if something is <laughs> happening. Well, I appreciate your candor and thank you. <laughs> so much for coming on the show today. It was such a treat. I really appreciate it too. I had so much fun. I hope you learned a few things from that episode. Amazon ads don't need to be scary. Anyone can do it. You just need to spend some time. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. And if you're worried about writing them all down, don't. As I did with the TikTok episodes, I'm going to be combining the takeaways from Christie's episode on Amazon ads with Sedona's episode on Facebook ads. And I'm going to be sharing those out as a one page handout for free on my newsletter this week. So make sure you subscribe to that so you don't miss out. Okay, so here they are. Number one, focus on learning one thing at a time. Number two, check out Mark Dawson's course on Amazon ads for authors. Number three, when it comes to Amazon, expect that your ad spend will be about half of your revenue. Number four, BookBub deals have a massive return on investment. However, they are hard to get, but not impossible. Number five, and if you do get rejected, resubmit right away. Number six, if you'd like a link to Christie's BookBub spreadsheet, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. It'll be going out that way. Number seven, most people touch something seven times before they buy it. That can apply to both your books themselves and also to getting a BookBub ad. Number eight, 
Amazon ads build very slowly because the algorithm is learning who your readers are. This means they can be incredibly targeted, but may not perform right away, so be patient. Number nine, at the same time, be open to changing and testing things. As Christy says, sometimes those changes hurt her ads, but understanding what works is worth it. Number 10, just as a general frame of reference, remember that Christy was spending around $100 a day at the peak of her Amazon ads, but generating around $200 a day through that. Number 11, embrace who you are. Set expectations based on who you are. If you are like Christy and have periods of intense focus, for example, you may want to resist the temptation to move into the publishing part when you still have a lot of writing energy inside you. And number 12, at the same time, that means having patience with your writing practice. Know that if it goes away, it will come back. That wraps us up. Thanks again for listening. As always, it would mean so much to me if you can rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify so I can continue to bring in amazing guests like Christy. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.